Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big undefeated Tennessee Homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? <laughs> Is it just me, Shane, or... Are you blurry because you've been drinking all that Kentucky bourbon over there on that side of the lens? That's right, Mike. I've already been to the mailbox twice. <laughs> I figured it's a little too soon, you know. And I'm afraid – that's the thing. A lot of people asked how many – I had three three betters mm-hmm. and, um, you know, two longtime listeners and, of course, Ralph. Well, we got to meet him, uh, you know, big fan of, of everything he's doing up there in Kentucky. Yep. But uh, it, it's funny because it's like I want to say something, but I don't. You know, I, I don't want to bring it up because I've been there. I've been there, Kentucky. I've been on the, the, the defeat side, and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty – I'm pretty notorious for hiding for a little bit, getting off the grid, you know, maybe do a little hiking or something. Not too much hiking, obviously, this year. That's why I'm I'm fat. I probably should lose more so I get out there in the woods. But, you know, that's okay, you know. But I've been there, brother. I've walked around Lowe's and and, and just kind of – you know, kind of get back to zero because sometimes you get on Twitters, your your Facebooks, your social medias, and and the first thing you want to do is just lash out to every opposing fan. You know what I'm saying? And oh, I think yeah. that's kind of what they're going through. They're tweeting through it, and uh, but I, I'm starting to think, you know, here in the next couples couple of days, I'll just remind them of my address and get that bourbon <laughs> coming on down to Tennessee, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning. DM right. that you got to send to those <laughs> folks so they give them a proper time to get around it and and let's just start right there Shane because I think that was the game we hyped up all week and mm-hmm. gotta be honest Shane I was talking to somebody off air and they listened to the show and they said man I think cousin Shane was nervous going into that game and I gotta be honest with you I thought it was gonna be a competitive ball game too Shane but it was anything other than that 44 to 6 Tennessee's incredible season continues. Kentucky gets humbled on Rocky Top. What a game, Shane. And do you see they painted the rock? Kentucky did. They painted yeah. the rock, Carol. Mistakes were made about that oh, one, yeah. my friend. And we had hyped up Kentucky, had not allowed 24 points in a single game since they last played Tennessee. Well, Tennessee got that in the first half, Shane. Kentucky. 56 total yards in the second half. Just a complete domination. Kentucky had more three and outs, Shane, than Tennessee had punts in the football game. And, man, it was just – it's one thing after another. The six points Tennessee allowed, that's the fewest given up in an SEC game, in a Tennessee game, since 2008 against Mississippi State. It was the worst loss Kentucky ever suffered – when they were ranked in the AP poll and their opponent was ranked in the AP poll, this was just complete and utter domination. Yeah, it was not pretty, brother. And Kentucky did not 
make it easy for themselves either. Because I'm going to tell you, I was nervous coming in this game. I'm not going to lie. I, I thought there couldn't be more perfect trap game scenario than this one right here. Yeah. Kentucky was as healthy as they've been all year long. They're starting to jail. They're starting to play better coming into this game. I just felt like we were going to get the best Wildcat and potentially overlook them looking for the Georgia Bulldogs because that's what every Tennessee fan wanted to talk about this week. And we were afraid that some of these players were thinking that. In fact, post-game, they even talk about that. But the fact of the matter is Kentucky came down here and they had opportunities to quiet this crowd. They had they had opportunities to keep this game close because I think that was what Stoops was trying to do, man. He was just ground a pound with Rodriguez, which is by far the one of my favorite running backs. I'll tell you this, man. Seeing the guy, he is an absolute animal, absolute beast. I don't know how healthy he is right now, but I'm telling you, when he was out there in his peak, he was a tough man to bring down and, mm -hmm. and should be a focal piece of that offense. But, again, stupid mistakes on their part, turnovers in the red zone, terrible punts. Uh, what else was there? Yeah, right before half, giving Tennessee another opportunity to put some points on the board. Mm -hmm. There was a real shot that you could have kept this within a touchdown, and that's exactly what you needed. But as a Tennessee fan, you were just hoping, man. If we can get a couple scores on this, that's that's the recipe for us. Get a couple of scores, there's no way they're going to be able to keep up, and that's exactly what the Tennessee Volunteers did. And, buddy, when it when the floodgates opened, brother, the TVA was a-flooding down here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned Chris Rodriguez, Shane back in action, 15 carries, 64 yards. He did have Kentucky's lone touchdown in the ball game, But, you know, this game was – you know, you never draw it up as simply, but it was just stop Chris Rodriguez, you stop Kentucky. And, man, yes, I picked the game correctly, but I could not look like a bigger idiot, Shane. I was saying all week, I thought, Will Levis and this receiving core going up against Tennessee secondary, I thought that was a matchup that favored Kentucky, and not even by a little bit, by a lot. Man, they locked him down. He didn't even have 100 passing yards, Shane. He finished with 98 passing yards. Yeah. No touchdowns, three interceptions. That's ironically, Shane, the same number Penn Hooker has since he took over <laughs> as Tennessee's starter back in September of uh, 2021. So, yeah, I mean, this – you know, I asked Stephen Lassen earlier in the week, is this a game that could really help Levis's stock? He said, no, not really. That's the Georgia game, but – I should have asked him, could this game cripple his stock? Because it may have done that, Ooh. Shane. I mean, Will Levis, I mean, he was awful. Let's just call it what yeah. it is. This, this was not his best game. He's, mm -hmm. I think he's banged up clearly. He's one of the toughest players in the SEC. I don't want to sit here and bag on him, but this was not a good game. Tennessee, 5 of 6 in the red zone for 30 points. That's how you win tough football games. Kentucky, only 1 of 2 in the red zone with six points. They they had a PAT blocked. And really the game of the day, Shane, we have not even mentioned Tennessee's defense, yeah. which was incredible. This was – the defense continues to get better. And it's not too much, Shane, to sit here and, and now that you're at 8-0, you're going into this matchup with the Georgia Bulldogs, SEC championship, college football playoff berth. These are realistic things, and it's thanks in large part to this defense getting better yeah. and better and better each week. The play of the game, 
Shane, was made by the defense. Danico Slaughter just destroyed Dane Key on a, I believe it was a slant. The ball goes flying in the air. Mitchell picks it up for Tennessee interception, returns it 40 yards. That was Kentucky's last opportunity to score in this ball game. And now that there's balance on this Tennessee team. Now that the the rest of the entire team is catching up to this offense, it makes Tennessee arguably the most dangerous team in the country, don't you think? If the, if the defense can keep up, and that's one thing that, that I noticed with Tennessee Vols is that they really do a good job of forcing teams to become one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they sell out. They knew Rodriguez was going to be the theme, and, and kudos for them loading up that box and keeping him from getting that momentum because when you stopped him, then there, you know, we've got enough headhunters back there in the secondary. You, you know, you're going to catch two or three balls, but there's going to be one opportunity that you make you make a misread, you think he's man-to-man, and you catch somebody in a zone, and, and next thing you know, you, you've turned the ball over. That's what Tennessee does. It's it's a lot of baiting, It's you know, and, yeah. and I, I, I feel like that's what's the strong suit with the Tennessee Vols is the game that they play on that side of the ball. They're not the best defense in the country, brother, but they sure the hell look like it this Saturday, and, and if they can continue that momentum toward the tail end of the season – there's going to be a reason that these guys are going to be number one in in the college football playoff rankings this Tuesday. So, brother, I, I'm I'm ecstatic about the Tennessee Vols. I, I am I'm thrilled. I think this was a good tune-up game, and I, I hate to call Kentucky a tune-up game, but that's exactly what it was for the Georgia Bulldogs. Another team that likes to run. Another team that's got a good quarterback, and uh, and, and and like you said, with the Levis. I think there was some injury. I think there was some reserve, but there was some also some reserve on this play calling mm-hmm. that if I'm a Kentucky fan, I'm like, why the hell do we need to run twice before we throw? They kind of got predictable there and, and, and some obvious throw, throwing scenarios, and that's yeah. why Tennessee was able to pin their ears back and get back there to Will Levis. So, yes, he had the picks, including the one on the sideline. <laughs> you know, I knew something was going to happen when they do those <laughs> sideline cams. You know, there should be some sort of warning, you know, like you're mocked up. But they, they just kept talking about talking about falling. It's like, it's just a matter of time for this bastard does something embarrassing. And that last little second, man, he got that thumb up in the nose. So I'm calling it the Levis. So if you if you catch, catch me Levison over here, you know, just let me know, brother. The mic is hot. <laughs> and for Tennessee's deep, or excuse me, their offense, Shane, it's, man, simply put, it's like if they get a first down, they're going to score. You know, whether yeah. it's a field goal or a touchdown, more often than not, it's a touchdown. Once once the train gets rolling, it seems like it's impossible to stop with just the pace, with yeah. the wide splits, with the ability to run the ball, with Hendon Hooker being accurate and being able to, to run it. He truly is, you know, this is a nightmare scenario for any defense and no one's been able to figure it out. You know, you had two weeks to prepare, Shane, and then J- Jalen Hyatt, 90 seconds into the ball game, is open by about 20 yards <laughs> streaking for another touchdown. It's incredible. Let me yeah. ask you this, Shane, because I'm not trying to take away anything from Hendon Hooker. 19 of 25, 245 yards, three touchdowns, passing, zero interceptions, and a rushing touchdown. It, just incredible. But Jalen Hyatt, five catches, 138, two touchdowns. Is it yeah. time to give Hyatt the Heisman treatment, or or is that a little too greedy? Because then we'll be, man, we may cost us ourselves a Heisman if you're Tennessee because we're splitting votes between the, the top two 
players in the country. Yeah. He broke Marcus Nash's record this this game, and and going into it, they're like, "Well, he's one touchdown away." It's like, was there any doubt? You know, we're we're not even we're barely halfway through the season right now. He's going to crush that record, mm-hmm. and, and 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 I keep seeing the things pop up. How many touchdowns Hyatt has compared to Iowa's entire <laughs> offense? You know, <laughs> something like that. So, I mean, you have to acknowledge what he's been able to do because it's. It's 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 game. It's almost like video games out here, man. Yeah. It's those stats. It's it's almost like Madden. It feels like at times, and 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 I love it as a fan. But it needs to be recognized because he's not just he's not a one trick pony. It's not like he's going out here running the same damn route. He's doing a lot of things to get in that position to have those. I mean, he's he's just he's grown up so much. One of the the best things I heard during this game was you know after. Uh, uh, practice he's he's hitting that jugs machine and catching a thousand balls because if you remember when Hyatt first got here we knew he was talented we just also knew he couldn't catch the damn ball right but he went out he fixed that problem and look it's starting to show up on Saturday so that's the the mentality that they have there on Rocky Top and and you know nothing against Tillman Tillman's back I, I still don't think he's a hundred percent and that was obvious but but Hyatt grew up. He became wide receiver one during these last few weeks and, and needs to be recognized as so. Yeah, I'm glad you said Tillman. I wanted to give him a quick shout-out. Shane, four catches, 22 yards. Good to see him back out there. He looked – you know, he wasn't limping or anything, but clearly, like you said, had some rust. They needed to get him back on the field to let Georgia know that's coming. And with all the attention given to Hyatt – you got to feel like Tillman is going to be put into position next week where he's got to make some plays if Tennessee is going to win in Athens. So had to get him back to kind of knock off some of that rush. You know what? Absolutely. And Kentucky fans, don't don't quit, okay? Don't give up. I, I'm already seeing the basketball tweets and, and shit like that. You guys got a great team. You really do. You played a better team. Saturday. That's all there is. You got out coached and, and nothing against Stoops, but you know, having two weeks to prepare for Tennessee and that was your offensive game plan. You, I mean, it was unsustainable. It, mm. All it, like I said, all it required was Tennessee to get up a couple of scores. You cannot just keep turning around and handing it off to Rodriguez and praying things go go right because you knew Tennessee was eventually going to load that box up and force Will Levis to throw. When Kentucky was running a great offense, I think of their first score, it was because Tennessee was on the hills and didn't exactly know where it was going. That play action pass to the tight end there was one of the most beautiful balls thrown Saturday. Mm-hmm. And and they just could not keep that. I, you know, I get on to them. I, I, I get on to Kentucky all the time because, you know, they're near and dear. I picked them. I picked them to be the number two team in the SEC. So I'm not going to back down from – I'm not deleting tweets out here. You know, I'm very impressed with, with where Tennessee's at. But I'm also unimpressed where Kentucky has, has fell because even today during, during this game, they should not have, have lost this thing by 30-something points. You know what I'm saying? Right. This should have been a close game, and it, it came down to bad coaching, bad breaks. Uh, don't get me wrong. There were some, there were some mistakes out there, but, but all in all, it was, it was – I don't know. Here I was just telling them not to jump off the cliff, and now I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm laying on them. So, Mike, 
They got a good team. Rodriguez, keep, get him healthy. Don't be so predictable. Let Will Levis have some little more time to throw the damn ball, which has been, you know, their their thorn in their side. But they do that, man. They can win out, brother. Well, mm. besides Georgia. Yeah. <clears throat> Was there any ever a point this week during a meeting or practice or anything where you thought the guys were, were peeking ahead a little bit or were not fully focused on this one? No. These guys – the reason we found a way to, to be on the right side of it every week is because they've been focused. They, they prepare, they practice, and uh, they get themselves ready emotionally and physically to go play hard uh, once the ball is kicked off all week long. Um, I thought we were very um, dialed in and locked into to the process. Good teams get better throughout the season. This football team's got to continue to get better here as we get on the you know, the back third, back half of the season. <clears throat> Josh, over here, you guys has had some early season struggles on third and long defensively, had a hard time getting off the field in, in a couple of early games. T tonight, you just gave up two third down conversions. What was what was the key to that, and, and how impressive is that for you to, to look at that stat line and see your defense be able to do that? Yeah, that, that's important, right? That, that's the situation you want to be in defensively, a situation you got to take advantage of, get off the field. You guys could see it tonight. We were matching things out better um, and, and playing tight coverage. And and, uh, and then we were able to get to the quarterback, too, and make him uncomfortable. And, and you put all those things together, you're able to get off the football field. Technique. I discipline, uh, understanding of your your schemes, all of those things have you know continued to grow for us, and and um, you know that's what good defenses, but good teams do. They continue to get better, and there's still a lot of room of, for improvement for us. But uh, proud of the effort tonight for sure. Josh, when you guys create the kind of buzz you guys have <coughs> on offense, sometimes I guess we all forget about complimentary football. <coughs> what role has your defense and its improvement played in that? in the way you guys will be able to play at the level you are right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, key stops, uh, creating field position. You look at the turnovers tonight. I mean, it was short fields all night long, some of which offensively <clears throat> we didn't take advantage of. Um, you know, field position. I thought special teams, Paxton did a great job, you know, pinning them inside the five a couple of times. <clears throat> That's what good teams do. You start playing off of each other and when one's struggling, the other one picks them up and give them a chance to, to get their feet on the ground too. And, and uh, there's been times throughout the course of the year where that's happened, you know, whether it's offense uh, holding it together or defense holding it together at Pitt, like you just keep competing together. They, they care, they love each other, they have fun. It's, uh, it's a fun locker room to be in every day. I mean, it's, it's really hard to sit here and get beat uh, the way we did and sit here and sit sit there and say you did some good things. That's, uh, that's a uh, punchline waiting to happen for y'all. But there were some good stops. You know what I mean? There really were. You have to play great as a team. You know, we didn't move the ball. We didn't get first downs. You didn't score. You know, and special teams would give a punt return late, but we were backed up. We couldn't get first downs to get it out of there. And, uh, and we were fighting and doing some good things, and there was some that they hit on us that we worked the heck out of that – we should have played better, and uh, you know you 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 can't do that because we were fighting, making them work for yards, and then the two the two big explosives uh, were something that we worked hard on and had a good you know idea. Uh, doesn't make it any easier. I'm not pointing any blame on any one particular player. That's on all of us, but uh, it hurt because we 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 understand what's coming there. Well, speaking of Georgia, Shane. Big win here in Jacksonville. We'll get to that game in just a second, but 
want to uh, you know pay tribute here to legendary college football Hall of Fame coach Vince Dooley passed away on Friday at the age of 90. Georgia announced that uh, officially, so I'm, I'm sure all Georgia fans know that news, but he was a coach, of course, that led them to the 1980 National Championship. Coach mm-hmm. Herschel Walker, six SEC titles, and by all accounts, I never had the opportunity to meet Vince Dooley, Shane, but I never heard a bad word about him. I've read his book, and all you saw all week was uh, people paying homage to Vince Dooley and, and just their interactions with him, and nobody had a bad word to say about the guy. So I just wanted to pay quick tribute to that legend, Vince Dooley, passed away at age 90. But the Georgia Bulldogs, Shane, three turnovers against your arch rival, Florida Gators. Gators had zero turnovers, mm-hmm. and you win by 22 points. I mean, that's <laughs> that's how dominant of a team Georgia is right now setting up this epic, epic showdown against Tennessee. Florida opened the game, Shane, four consecutive three and outs. Looked like Georgia, uh, Georgia was just going to blow them off the map. They did lead at halftime 28-3, to but uh, Florida made a little bit of a comeback here in the third quarter. Never really felt like this game was in doubt by any means, but Florida showed some heart, Shane. started. They forced a couple Stetson interceptions. Mm-hmm. They started heating up a little bit there. Anthony Richardson, man, the I don't want to call it bad because he wasn't bad, but he just he just wasn't on point. the The not on point Anthony Richardson showed up. Maybe had something to do with that. He took a big shot there on the first possession. Came up a little gimpy, but he was eighteen of thirty seven for two hundred seventy one passing yards and a touchdown. But the star of the day and really star of the of the entire season here Brock Bowers oh my god five catches 154 yards and a touchdown and quite literally the most amazing concentration catch of the year on that wild pass that I believe it hit a Florida defender in the head and bobbling in the air <laughs> didn't even slow old Brock down on his way to the end zone I mean Georgia is just they're just a machine you know what yeah and and, and kudos to the running backs too I mean again they they knew Florida knew they were going to try to run the ball and it didn't matter. Yeah. Georgia was still able to find those running lanes and, and keep that secondary honest. And uh, this was just like, again, you said it wasn't in doubt it. I was watching this game. So I got two, two TVs set up. Actually it's a TV and my laptop. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've got the Florida Georgia game on the big TV. I got the Mizzou game uh on the laptop and so we're i'm going back and forth and you know score after score after score i'm like all right it's time to switch these guys you know so (laughs) soon as i put them on the laptop man that's when the turnovers galore kicked in and there was a brief moment i'm like are they gonna get back into this damn game so it was not pretty I, i don't let the scoreboard you know fool you because there was some there were some growing pains in this game. There were some there were some big time mistakes on that offense that they're going to need to correct this week. So, but I think it too, it, it may have been a little bit of a trap game. Maybe they were looking a little bit ahead or something like that. But holding on to the balls that's that's not something Georgia has a problem doing, you know. And 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 obviously they're going to want to address that this week. Yeah, and you mentioned the rushing attack, Shane. That was obviously critical. Georgia, 239 yards on the ground, four touchdowns, average six yards per carry, and they were just gashing them. Nine rushes 
of 10 or more yards in this ball game, as opposed to Florida, just 100 yards on the ground, one touchdown average, 2.9 yards per carry. So not even mm-hmm. half of what Georgia did on the ground. Red zone had been somewhat of an issue for Georgia this year, 4-4 four four in the red zone for 28 points. So they scored touchdown on every red zone opportunity that's what they're gonna have to do to beat Tennessee it's gonna come down to the red zone they prevented Florida two of four in the red zone for only 10 points that's how you win these tough hard-fought SEC ball games but man I'm I, I see what you're saying. I, I kind of made the joke, Shane, that at halftime the coaching staff had turned the page to Tennessee. I think I feel like that's <laughs> what happened, and they let it. They let that door crack a little bit there for the Florida Gators to to kind of give them a, a false sense that they could potentially get back in this ball game. But I don't know personally. I just felt like Georgia was never going to uh, be threatened in this ball game. Like I said, you lose the turnover battle minus three and you win by 22, that should give you an indication of how dominant Georgia is setting up this this incredible showdown. And let me ask you this, Shane. I mean, do you think with all the Tennessee hype, I don't know, is Georgia coming to this game with a little chip on their shoulder, as, as hard as that is to believe? Well, yeah. They're the reigning national champs, man. Mm-hmm. This is their house. They're, they're, there's, don't think Kirby, man, is an emotional coach. Sometimes he doesn't, you know, he comes out to these press conferences and he sounds boring sometimes, a little mundane. But when he's when those doors are shut, because we've seen the tapes, you know, <laughs> he lights them boys up and he lets them know real quick how important this game is. Because you're right, everyone's talking about those hot Tennessee Volunteers right now, and here they're coming down to my house. This is what he's saying. They're coming to my house. And they're going to come out here and we're going to show the world that we are a reigning national champ and that we are on the path to repeat. That's exactly going to be the message this week. There's there's no rat poison in that locker room. There's a bullseye and it's put on the Tennessee Vols. So uh, th- this this is going to be an epic sh- uh, showdown. I, I I mean, we're going to be talking about it. <laughs> People are like, we ain't ever going to stop talking about it. We're going to turn into a Tennessee podcast well i mean well shit they're undefeated you know they're number one team or number three team in the country going against the number one team who else would we be talking about here this is going to be a, a hell of a showdown but before we well, move it's, forward it's actually, to next Shane, week Mike, in the ap poll it's number one yeah. versus number two tennessee is number two and i i believe when the playoff poll comes out i believe it will be one versus two as well so we we are going to talk about that one i want to talk about this game and again it was it was the bout like you said it was the tight end show it was the mm-hmm. running back show it was it's the it's the it's the Georgia recipe right now and it's working, but can it keep working? Are you are you a little? Or is there a little piece of you? And I know we've got some injuries and and you know maybe that gets they get a little bit healthier next week, but Georgia it feels like they're going to need to stretch the field a little bit. Yeah. Do, do, are they going to be able to do that next week? What do they do in, in game prep for these Tennessee Vols? Well, you know, the recipe here against Florida, and I realize much different opponent here, but they dominated the line of scrimmage. And mm-hmm. that's a way to muck up what Tennessee likes to do. That's what we saw Pitt do. They were essentially the only one that has, has done it to this point in time. So I think – and, and, again, this is not a certainty by any means because Tennessee's offensive line, Shane, they're playing out of their minds too. This yeah. is the, the much, much better of a unit than I anticipated. But if Georgia can kind of muck that up 
it's all about, even against Alabama, Shane, Tennessee, they stayed on track with that running game. Now, they didn't have to run wild, but if something happened on first down and they didn't get an an explosive play, they went right back to the ground to get up four, five, six yards to set up a manageable third down. That's going to be the same recipe. It's it's obviously the same defense uh, with different personnel, but that's going to be the game plan. And Georgia got back Jalen Carter this week in limited snaps, and, man, he looks – even for a limited, he looks like a limited beast out there. You know what I mean? So they're getting same thing we said about Cedric Tillman. You got to say it about Georgia, knocking the rust off, getting them mm-hmm. ready for this prime time. As good as Tennessee's playing up front, they don't have anybody that can match up with Jalen Carter. So your guy Fant, they're going to have to chip. Yeah. They're going to have to block. They're going to have to double. And that's going to leave some of these monsters that Georgia has on the edge to come loose. Tennessee's running backs have had mm-hmm. some issues in pass protection. They're a little bit smaller of a group. So that is is certainly a matchup I think favors Georgia. Can't wait to to see it, man. This, <laughs> this is going to be an incredible, incredible game. I tell you, man, Jalen Carter comes back and they just decide to live in the backfield, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> I swear, there was times I thought Anthony Richardson was going to hand him the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about just you already did the response offensively after a couple of turnovers, 28 to 20, they get back into it. Do your offense still respond to score right there? What's that mean? Yeah, that was probably the drive of the year so far, right? I mean, they, they answered the, the bell because 28 20, and, you know, we've lost momentum. We've had, I guess, three kickoff returns, it felt like in a row. We weren't getting field position, and uh, Kenny had had the fumble. And you know, I thought I thought Kenny McIntosh showed a little something tonight. Now, when he when he came out after that fumble, and he he had that out of the tire look, and he wanted the ball, and uh, and he was running the ball hard and physical and getting yards after contact. And it's a lot of credit to the offensive line, but that's a lot of credit to Kenny as well. And that drive that you're referencing was big for us. You found out that Dooley passed away, and, and maybe what's a favorite memory you think about with this Dooley? You know, I, I, we just landed in Jacksonville, so we took off, and um, uh, wasn't aware of anything. Then the phones you know, started dinging, and the text messages started coming through, and uh, Derek, his son, who I've worked on staff with, sent me a text, and Claude sent me a text. So we knew that it was kind of imminent, and um, I had gotten a visit with him uh, a little bit last week and sat down. He was in the training room, and we got to talk uh, for a while. And, of course, I didn't know that would be the last time, but that's probably my fondest memory because even then he was telling stories about Georgia football, and uh, he's been around my family. They've been in the box during these SEC championships and national championships, and my kids have gotten to be around him. and. You know, it's funny because my kids had no idea, like, who's the old coach? Who's this old guy, you know? And now they know. They know the history and what all he stood for and what his family did for this university. And uh, got a lot of respect for him. We uh, know what kind of team Tennessee is going to bring in there next week, regardless of what they do tonight. They like to throw outside, like to throw deep. Is it, how much of a concern is that, based on what you've seen, that break down some others? Well, I mean, is it a concern? They, they run the ball really well, guys. I know you don't believe me, but they run the ball really well, which is why they throw the ball outside, because everybody's got people inside. They have a perfect storm. They've got really fast, elite wide out with a quarterback with a really strong arm. You know, if they had a quarterback that they couldn't throw it, you'd say, well, they're one-dimensional. But they have a kind of a perfect storm going for his offense. And when he has that, it's really, really, really hard to stop. They, they go at an elite pace. And uh, they do a tremendous job. All right, Shane. Hey, don't forget, podcast is sponsored by Game Time Sidekicks. This is a Knoxville-based 
Tennessee company here. I'm holding my Game Time Sidekicks Cup right here. They've got tumblers, bottles, shaker cups, and even sippy cups for the little ones. This is NCAA officially licensed gear. They've got all the SEC teams covered. Help support small business. Reach out to GameTimeSidekicks.com and don't forget to use that promo code Hey buddy, all one word to get 15% off your entire order. Everyone that's seen one of these game time sidekicks cups, Shane, they have ordered one themselves. This is high, high quality, insulated, wired with copper to make sure your drinks stay hot or cold, all game, all tailgate, and all work day long. So check them out, gametimesidekicks.com, and don't forget that promo code Hey Buddy, all one word. We're also sponsored by the Wager app, Shane, peer-to-peer betting app based once again here out of the state of Tennessee, and we are on there ourselves. So you just got to search us out, that SEC podcast, and you can wager against Shane and I and our horrible, horrible gambling picks. (laughs) Head on over to Wager, use that promo code SEC for a free $20, risk-free, no credit card required. You can Gamble with Shane and I today. They got all the sports over there, over at the Wager app. And don't forget that promo code SEC. And last but certainly not least, Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Sports. Shane, oh man, I forgot to even brag, Shane. We'll get to this game in a minute. But I nailed both my picks in the Arkansas and Auburn game for Prize Picks last week. If you're not taking advantage of Prize Picks, promo code SEC. You are missing out because they are matching your initial deposit up to a hundred bucks over at prizepicks.com. Don't forget that promo code SEC. Please help support the podcast, help support small business, take advantage of all these sponsors, and all the promo codes, the links can be found in the show notes. All right, Shane. Man, we had us another crazy, crazy night game here in the SEC in the West Division as Ole Miss goes on the road, beats Texas A&M 31-28, back and forth, back and forth. This was a high-flying, fun, and entertaining game. And the only thing maybe more entertaining than the game itself, Shane, was the trolling afterwards by old Lane (laughs) Kiffin. What did you think of this one, buddy? Halloween right around the corner. What are we dressing up as? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Joker. Maybe Jimbo has a Joker outfit for me. Thanks, Coach. (laughs) Oh, uh, show me on this doll where he hurts you, Lane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what this felt like. This game, I told you, man, it's a personal game. Yeah, uh, we Lane Kiffin was not going to let up, but yeah, this turned out to be a hell of a matchup, brother. We got us a new quarterback down there in College Station, and I know we're not looking for what's that word I always say? Moral I victories. Don't like using. Yeah, we're not looking for that, but damn. I found it. I it was so funny when when they threw that first pass, or not the not the little wide receiver screen, but the to the one to the tight end there. Mm-hmm. This fan base was so loud to see a vertical play, <laughs> no, to see a play that wasn't turned around and hand off to Achain. I think this this fan base is so hungry to be balanced, to have offense, to not to be the 107th ranked offense in the country anymore. Mm -hmm. You could just feel it. And and how many other teams, Mike, can start out a season with this many losses and still 
be almost sold out at college state there's there's not including in the sec you flip the script if Ole miss has this record i guarantee you that that stadium at for the texas a&m game is probably about 75 percent full these these college stations i i i know we've given them a hard time we give jimbo a hard time because he's about to say some more stupid ass comments that we're going to attach to this video (laughs) but the fact of the matter is there's a lot of fight in this team. There's a lot of promise in the future, and I, I think they found themselves a quarterback. Unfortunately, Lane Kiffin was not going to let that victory happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the problem with all that, Shane, because I agree. Connor Wigman, first career start, incredible. First two drives were touchdown drives. I mean, back-to-back, he was 6-for-6, six six, 94 yards, two passing touchdowns, right out the gate, finished with 338 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. But why the hell did they, were they not playing him sooner if he had this yeah. in him? You know, this is against an SEC opponent here. This ain't Sam Houston State he's doing this to. This is an SEC opponent. So, I mean, I, I, I get you. There's a silver lining there. We, it looks like we got our quarterback of the future. We got to roll with Wigman from here on out. He's, he is night and day better than Haynes King. Yeah. And Max Johnson, you know, he's a solid quarterback. He ain't what we saw from Connor Wigman here as a true mm-hmm. freshman in his first start. So why in the hell was he not starting earlier? Now that's my question. Maybe we do have a better record if Wigman's our starting quarterback. So I'm a little, you know, incensed at that even. Devon Achain, 25 carries, 138 yards. That, amazing, Shane. When he doesn't have to carry the, the load when there's a passing attack, he was making plays all game long. Most yeah. Muhammad emerged, eight catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown. Evan Stewart, the true freshman, had one of the best one-handed touchdown grabs we're going to see in the SEC this season. Man, this looks like a different team. The problem, yeah. now that we got the offense rolling, the defense is falling apart, Shane. They were yeah. two yards away from allowing the most rushing yards, literally, in program history Ole Miss went for damn near 400 yards on the ground. Uh, Judkins, the true freshman, 34 carries, 205 himself. Jackson Dart had over 90 yards on the ground, three passing touchdowns. A&M is now 6-11 against Mm -hmm. Ole Miss and Mississippi State since Johnny Manziel left. That's that's an issue right there. (laughs) I mean, these are the games A&M should be winning annually. I don't care where the hell they're played, but certainly – when they're at Kyle Field, you have got to win these games, and they mm-hmm. ain't getting it done. I mean, it, we're well past moral victory, Shay. This is number yeah. six preseason team in the country. You're dead last in the SEC West going into the final month of the season. And, uh, you know, that's that's why Lane Kiffin's making all these joker clown comments because he knows he ain't the clown. It's, it's the guy on the other sidelines. Yeah. Well, and everybody on here knows you hate the Aggies. And I don't know. <laughs> here, I'm trying to be positive. Bring them back up. And Mike's like, nope, I'm going to shit on them. I'm going to I'm gonna shit on the coach because they can't do anything. They're stuck with Jimbo. I just I don't see there a scenario that he gets fired this year, even though he should, Mike. I'm on that, I'm on that team. Yeah. I'm in that wagon. I really do think that Jimbo is not the perfect fit. For Texas A&M, he his offense. I mean, just don't even get me started with it. Even even during this game, 
it's like what was working, they kind of pulled away from it later in the game for some freaking reason. It just blows my mind that he he's trying to tell him, I want to go fast. I want to go fast, you know. He's like, nah, slow it down. Let's get the fullback out there, see what we can do. You know, it's like, what the hell are we doing, Texas? So it, that's that's my, my biggest hang-up, too, is obviously Jimbo Fisher and – and the part that kind of infuriates me is because I'm with you. Here we got to see Wigman come out, look fantastic. Think about all those wasted reps during the offseason. You got three of these guys, and we're just now finding out that this is quarterback one. It took this many games, this many practices. I know he's a freshman and maybe he did some growing up. And he had a little trouble with the playbook or something. But one of the things they mentioned, and, and the thing is, is uh, during this game, he's like, you know, I talked to Jimbo about freshmen pull it, you know, picking up the playbook. Did you hear that? Did you <laughs> grab that? It's the craziest thing I ever heard of. He's like, half. he goes, half the, the teams in the SEC are doing it. He goes, for starters, they're not, okay? And then second, he's like, and I've been doing the same offense for 30 years. We know, and it ain't working anymore, you know? So it just – it drove me nuts. And and, and I just – again, I, I did think about all those wasted valuable reps in the mm-hmm. off seasons to Big Bad Brad's boy to, you know, to it, when it could have went to him. And, and who knows, maybe we would have, you know, lost to Alabama and, and that would have been the only – I mean, there's a real – shot if you look if you break it down if they had some resemblance of an offense so that it's not just the A-Chain show yeah. Texas A&M could have won a lot more ball games this year but they're not and still it's, it's almost like it, it feels like it's too late and, but I again we're selling we're selling the future with all these freshmen but there's a part of me deep down inside Mike thinks that we're going to have a fire sale at the end of this season and that transfer portal is going to open wide open now let me ask you this though Shane if Connor Wigman continues to play at this level. And, you know, hopefully for AM's sake, they win a couple of these ball games. Hell, they're, they're going to have to to make a bowl game. But, you know, let's say they get some momentum on that mm-hmm. side of the ball. Could that end up being a detriment to the program? Now, hear me out because, okay. hell, uh, up until Saturday, we're saying – my God, Jimbo has got to get a play caller in there. He has got to get an offensive coordinator that will give some influence. Now, all of a sudden, now that he's got a quarterback, maybe they do start scoring 28 games, 28 points a game. And Jimbo's saying, well, hell, it's, it ain't the system. It ain't the play caller. It's just been the quarterback. And then we get the same old, same old shit next season. I mean, this, this yeah. we call it a silver lining. It could it could be a disaster if, if we're going to not change things up this offseason. Oh, that's, that's, again, that's a very good point. You know, um, I don't know how quite to answer that because you may be right, but 28 points could be 45 points if, in a different system. And that's, right. that's my argument. And I think that this conversation has clearly been made. We're not, I mean, that SEC podcast isn't the only one watching this football game. You know, I would imagine some mentors up there or some leadership in, in that front office is is saying hey man you know i don't you're safe we're not firing you i've I'm imagined this conversation's happened 
But we're, we're going to need something different. We're going to need a promise to the future. And maybe that's why we got the quarterback change here. Maybe this was, you know, I'm not saying that. I've, I don't, I have no, nobody filled, nobody copied me on an email here. But I would imagine that there is this kind of youth movement. They cleaned house a little bit last week with some of the, with some of the dumb shenanigans mm-hmm. uh, that was going on in the locker room. But I, I think this is just a step in the right direction. But, you know, it's a wagon you're hitched to, brother, and uh, you're gonna you're stuck with Jimbo and, and his ways, it, especially if they win out, man. If Texas A&M wins out, I think you're correct. I think nothing changes on that side of the ball. Mm. And and one last thing before we move on, Shane, we've got to give this guy one more shout out, Queen Sean Junkins. It was his birthday. It was his 19th yeah. birthday, Shane. Look at just look at his numbers. He's second in the SEC in rushing. Mm-hmm. He's first in the SEC in rushing touchdowns. He's tied for first in total touchdowns. And he's second in the SEC in rushing yards per game. I mean, he has just been a revelation. And he's a freshman All-American hands down, don't you think? Oh, dude, absolutely. It's good to see Evans back, too. I, mm-hmm. I, one thing about Ole Miss, and, and probably we shouldn't have led with it's just easy, low-hanging fruit talking about Texas A&M. Yeah. But it, it, we need to bring up the fact that this was an awesome reba- rebound for, for the Rebels. Yep. You know, they came out. They, You know, even Jimbo knowing they're going to run the ball, he comes out and does it for 400 yards. <laughs> that, that's, that's the ultimate flex. And one of the things I did like seeing a little bit was Dart stretching this field. Now, he, he didn't connect on all the passes. But I'm starting to see a little bit more of that. And and I think when this offense has the ability to stretch the field, to be a little bit more two-dimensional, buddy, dangerous, dangerous offense. And 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 the speed that they do it, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we saw the fake injuries. I never thought I'd see <laughs> the Aggies faking injuries, but here they are, you know. And, and this, it's a it, it little glimpse a couple times of – of kind of that old Miss offense from last year. So I think that's that's the perfect storm. If they could just kind of just keep working on it because what's their schedule? Do you got their schedule pulled up? What do they got after this? They got two weeks to prepare before hosting Alabama. Okay. So that's how you beat them. That's how you beat It's just like Tennessee did. You, you've got to stretch the field. You've got to keep them honest. And if you can do that with Junkins and Evans back there and Dart running the ball, shit. You, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You could put mm-hmm. yards up on Alabama, and I think that's the focus. So I just wanted to bring that up because I was impressed that they didn't fold up. They could have easily have just turned around and looked like Georgia Tech out there from, from the 90s. They didn't do that. They they really did try to keep, keep them honest, and it felt like when that was connecting, you couldn't stop this Ole Miss offense. Because mm. you guys were keeping the pace going and started having a few minor injuries, which kind of just make a bad stop start? I mean, I'm not going to get very far into it, but I mean, you guys saw whatever it was. At one point, it was eight, I think, defensive injury timeouts, all on defense. So, you know, whatever. It is what it is. There's a way around, around the rule, and I'm not going to say they did it, but I'm in analytics. What are the analytics of that happening? And then seeing the players like a player or two later back out there. Coach, when there is a kind of war of words between yourself and Coach Fisher and other coaches in the SEC, how does that affect your motivation heading into each week? Is that something that you personally use to kind of push yourself and the team on towards success in lifetime? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't give you coach speak, so yeah, that's real. I mean, most coaches say you know, say no, but yeah, that's real. And someone attacks you personally and, you know, calls you and my good buddy, Coach Saban, that were both clowns, um, you know, you take that personal. So, glad we won. I guess I can be a clown for Halloween now. <laughs> yeah, Jimbo, uh, understand game's just over. You haven't have a chance to evaluate. It's going to take a while. But uh, the run defense has been an issue for quite a while. So what uh, has been the, the problem? Um, well, last week it was, really, it was pretty good except for drives. I have to look. I have, it, sometimes it's a fit of a backer. Sometimes it's a fit of a safety. Sometimes it's a defensive lineman get out of a gap. I mean, it's, it's, it's usually one of those three things. Sometimes one game, I remember a couple games ago, our backers, we did not fit right. Even they made tackles, we weren't fitting the runs the right way. And then a couple times we've gotten linemen, Stick to, as I say, stick the nose behind. Got in two gaps in the same gap, or sometimes the safety. Your safeties play a big part of that too, and how you bounce things to them, or how you fit inside in, in the run game. And sometimes it's been that. So we just got to do a better job and evaluate it. Are the things DJ could have done adjustments? To well, I don't know. We'll say I'm, uh, yes. DJ, listen. DJ's a really good football coach, and he knows it. We got to. You know, we'll get it right. To the back. You guys showed a lot of fight, and I know you guys have showed a lot of fight lately, but. Do you have any concern about this team sticking together? Is no, I don't. I, honestly, I don't about that. I don't mean that in a not saying it just to say it. I mean, you see them in our locker room and you see them together, and they'll take. We're going to figure this out. We're going to fight. We're going. I don't. I just we just got to we got to help them find one more play, and they got to help us find one more play to to get over the hump. I mean, I I really I mean the disappointment is there, but I'm gonna tell you it, it's unless they got me. I mean, we just had those talks, and those kids come up to talk to me all the time. And they they're very dedicated to each other and love each other. I really believe that. It seemed to me that the guys really responded well around Connor, responded to him really well. Could you sense some extra energy? Because obviously it's a, a young guy making his first start. Well, yeah, I think guys want to do well for him and take care of him. Yeah, and, and, and he has a very charismatic personality. Guys like him, man, and I say that. And they like to play for him, and he gets the ball to him. Anything else? All right. All right. He didn't ask two the first time. That's it. Well, the guy was – Talk you got me, me. You got me to make a joke, and I lost the game. I made it the first time in the history of balls. <laughs> the podcast is brought to you by Fubo TV. Fubo TV gives you complete coverage of college and pro football with NFL Red Zone also included, plus games in 4K at no extra charge. If you want to be like me and get rid of cable, Fubo TV could be your solution. Over hundreds of channels of live sports and entertainment for only a fraction of the cost of cable. Watch on all your devices with a cloud-based DVR, up to a 1,000 hours of cloud-based DVR included in this. There's no contract, no commitment. You can cancel at any time. And right now, Fubo TV is giving you free Fubo for seven days and get a 15% off your first month if you go to FuboTV.com slash SEC, that's F-U-B-O-T-V dot com slash SEC. You can try it for free for seven days and get 15% off your first month. Uh, well, I'll tell you who else, uh, what offense you could stop, Shane. Let's kick it over to Missouri. <laughs> 23 South Carolina, Ted, and before we even get into this game, Shane, I hope no one missed the Mayor's Cup graphic. Let's throw this up here. It's got Beamer's sunglasses on it, and I even 
miss this on first glance, Shane. It's got sand on the bottom for a sandstorm over there. We had players doing the sandstorm on South Carolina. Sold out williams Bryce Stadium. And we hit on this on Friday's show. This was going to be a ball game. Missouri was going to be at a major advantage every time they were on defense and South Carolina was going to be on offense, but had no idea it was going to be this much of an advantage. Drink is now 4-0 against the Gamecocks, 3-0 in Williams-Brice Stadium. That is just truly bizarre, Shane. And and right now I got to think Marcus Satterfield is scheming up some screens Shit. and some, some draws for this South Carolina <laughs> offense. <laughs> Dale, is is he still? Let me see. Is he even fired yet? <laughs> I mean, come on, brother. You know what I'm saying? If I, it's like when they came out, and and I told myself, I'm like, I knew what the play was. This was going to be a wide receiver screen. This was going to be a running back screen. This is going to be, hey, let's give it to Lloyd and pray to God he can get some yards. That it, it felt like there is just no, there's it's it's not a recipe. You know, it's just we're throwing items at them. It's what it feels like. There's no, it's not a, uh, when you're running an offense, everything needs to make sense. You're setting up. It's a, it's a game, man. That's what this is. It's a football game. And, and you're, you're doing this so that later you can do that. And, and it feels like there is none of that. It's just like he's just going down and randomly picking plays off the book, you know? Right. Like we haven't run, we haven't run play 13 in a while. Let's try that one out. <laughs> who's, who's catching this screen, you know? So this, this is this was god awful to watch. I mean, just terrible to watch. But I want to spin zone it a little bit because I don't want to just South Carolina knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. They know what the problem is, and apparently uh, Beamer's not fixing it yet. In fact, we got players out here getting upset. Mom's getting upset. Yeah. You know, the fans fans are pissed off. Every South Carolina, the, you went from cloud nine. <laughs> Beat Texas A&M to get that son of a bitch out of my locker room. You know, that's that's kind of what we got to. But we knew this was going to happen because it was topical, brother. There's no substance to that offense. And and, it, and until they find that, they're going to struggle. They're going to have a tough, tough season the rest of the, rest of the way out. Right. But I've got it before. Enough South Carolina. I want to talk Mizzou, brother. How good is oh, wait, that defense? Before you do, let's, let's play this. Yeah. This clip, real okay. quick, Spencer, right. Spencer Rattler. I mean, I've n- never in my life have I heard a quarterback kind of bury the play caller immediately after the game. Keep in mind, Marshawn Lloyd, he was banged up, but he only had seven touches. Jaheim mm-hmm. Bell, I don't think, touched the ball one time. I don't nope. know what in the hell was going on with that. But let's just kick it over to Spencer Rattler real quick. Uh, for both of you, fellas, the defense was obviously pretty good tonight that you were going against, but – what do you got to do to just make this offense more explosive, to just try to get the ball downfield a little more consistently? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, we just got to get better at everything. Um, they, you know, credit to Missouri. They gave us, a, you know, you know, tough looks all night long um, with their blitzes, their pressures, the way they, you know, got after us. And um, it was tough to, you know, get the drop back pass game going. You know, we really didn't. I don't feel like we had a good idea of knowing what to do. Um, so I say that's what we need to get better at, just preparing and, and knowing what to do. All right, Shay Dow, you can <laughs> spiel away because you're absolutely right. I've got some stats pre- prepared here for Missouri's defense, but that that is truly the story of the game. It's just how outstanding that unit was, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, because you go back and, you, and the Georgia game makes sense. A lot of people thought that was a fluke. That's not a fluke. Mizzou's just got a good damn defense, and, and and they can keep you in any game. 
it, it was just, I told you coming into this thing, it was going to come down to the cook, which cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> and brother, the good one showed up. So my hat's off to the Mizzou Tigers. And, and I know we got a lot of flack online because both of us picked South Carolina. We, we probably got in a little bit of hype. They got, they got a hell of a hype team, Mike. I ain't going to lie. They get you sucked in, you know. Next thing you know, you're wearing your vipers and you're dancing around. And you're like, yeah, I can see us winning out, you know. And then it's like, bam, no, you won't because Mizzou defense is coming with the steel curtain. So, yeah. I just thought it – I thought it was an absolute just – that that's football fundamentals right there, man. That that is old school football, and I I would love to be in film study because them defensive linemen, those defensive cornerbacks, them safeties, they're all coming in with their vipers on because they know they got A pluses on their grades, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and shout out one of the players we interviewed at media day, Shane Isaiah McGuire. I mean, he was mm-hmm. incredible off the edge. But uh, these numbers come courtesy of Power Mizzou. They did the research here. But just look at the job. Blake Baker, the defensive coordinator, his unit, Shane. Last season, Missouri gave up over 33 points per game. This year, only 23. So 10 points, that's massive. Rushing yards allowed. Last season, 227. This season, 111. Again, just incredible. Yards per play, 6.38 last season. Now just 5.0, so nearly a two-yard better average per down. I mean, there's, they're just playing incredible, incredible football, like you said. Let Brady Cook mm. back here. I mean, he looked like mini Johnny Manziel back here, yeah. didn't he? How about cutting loose and running. I'm like, <laughs> when did he become mobile, you know? <laughs> South Carolina, Shane, had only 203 yards of offense, 32 mm-hmm. rushing yards. And how about this? So South Carolina had 10 drives if you if you don't count uh you know at end of the game kneel out situation mm-hmm. four of the ten were three and outs two were turnovers and only two drives featured more than five plays two out of ten so this is just god awful missouri won it the football game in the red zone four of five for 20 points that has been an issue all season long for drinking his offense credit to missouri shane after three consecutive one-score losses, they never gave up, Shane. And now they had no SEC wins. They've won two SEC games in a row. And now they go home to face Kentucky, a, a hurting Kentucky team that, hey, you look at the, 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 the series average, Shane. Yeah. Missouri wins that game in Columbia far more often than they lose it. So, there's a real, real opportunity for Missouri to keep this momentum going, don't you think? Absolutely, and and I just, I'm sorry, I keep I keep looking at the South Carolina stuff, and, and it just drives me nuts. After the second half, you know, when I look at their first down play calling, you know, I, I just I I gotta say it. So you go from first to ten to second to ten. So that that that's a whole down just wiped out. Yep. The second time you get the ball, you go from first 10 to second and nine. Okay, you gained a yard, you know. Okay, the next one, you get a couple of first downs, but then you find yourselves at second and 12. It's like there, there is no falling forward. There is no – when you're throwing behind the line of scrimmage, you're not – you're setting yourself up for failure, you know. There is no – there's no threat down the field for for South Carolina right now, and that's why Marshawn Lloyd and Juju and all of them they're having a tough time getting the ball going because there's there's eight damn men in the box knowing right. that it's coming. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, again, Mizzou, 
fantastic. You, 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 what's what's their schedule again? What's the rest of their? They get Kentucky at home, winnable. The next one, yeah. not as much at Tennessee, but New Mexico State at home and Arkansas at home. So who knows? Arkansas's okay. defense has, has been a train wreck. It's not out of the question that you win three of the final four. You know what? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, man. It's these close games that's been kind of looming around Mizzou. They just haven't been able to close them out. And, and you know, there was never – that was never in doubt during this one. So, I think that's the step forward, you know. If they can continue to build off that, I, I feel like there's a little bit more – off, a little more confidence in the offense mm-hmm. and, and the defense. They're not so pissed off because they're getting the job done and they're not rushing back out there in three plays. So, I, I think this is uh, – Mizzou's – I mean, that may be a little sleeper here. I, I'm not saying they're going to win any awards or anything, but they're, they're going to a ball game. And then I think we get to the tail end of the season. We're like, you know what? Eli's building something special up here. So I don't know. I'm all, I'm on board. They got a couple of tough games coming up, but, but if they keep playing like they do right now, they can, they can about hang with anybody. And you got to remember Shane. I mean, hell they gave away the Auburn game. Should have won mm-hmm. that. And yep. you know, the, the complete narrative of, of Eli would have been different had they held on and beaten Georgia, I mean, that would have been the best win of his career. And we're sitting here saying Missouri is one of the, the you know, one of the most overachieving teams in the country. You know what? Even Florida was a one score game, right? You know, so yeah, that's that's the thing. They just they weren't able to close out some of those 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 uh, tough games. But mm-hmm. hey, I want to ask you one last thing because one big guy to another. Do you think? Uh, you think our boy winds up at left guard, you know, if he misses one more extra point or field goal? Huh? Yes. I'm still on the Beavis. Tra- he nailed a 50-something yarder in this I game. Know. I give him that. But he, he, did, he did miss a chip shot, though. I know. I know. <laughs> Shane, is Jaheim Bell healthy? Is there any sort of disciplinary Jaheim issue? Jaheim Bell's healthy. If there was a disciplinary issue, he wouldn't have been playing. Jaheim Bell's healthy, and we got to get him the ball more. What? How frustrated are you that he had zero touches today? We got a lot of great playmakers on our offense. That receiver, at running back, at tight end. When you play 53 plays on offense and you're uh, 5 of 13 on third down, it's hard to play a lot of plays and, and get all those guys the ball. Um, you and Marcus have both talked a lot about how good Spencer has looked in practice, but his numbers have looked pretty similar over the last few weeks. Is there something, you know, are you guys happy with what you're seeing him in game situations, or is there something that's not connecting from practice to the field? No, I mean, I think it's a combination of things. He'll be the first to tell you he's got to play better. we got to protect him better. I mean, there were a lot of times tonight he was under, under duress, and... Uh, and um, made some great plays, some gutty plays, some throws and, and some runs. But, no, I, um, we, we've got to continue to – he has looked great in practice. We've got to continue to look at, you know, why not just him, but offensively we don't have a better carryover from practice to the games. All right, final one here, Shade Arkansas. They got it done, 41-27 to in a game that really wasn't even that close, Shane. Auburn had to score a touchdown with four seconds left to, to make it look somewhat respectable. And I think the most demoralizing thing in this ballgame, Shane, Auburn won the turnover battle. Yep. Their, their quarterback, Robbie Ashford, played a solid performance. And you told me, you know, that Robbie Ashford puts up 285 passing yards, a touchdown, and led the team in rushing 87 yards, no turnovers. Arkansas first drive turnover. 
I mean, I'm sitting here saying, oh, my God, that's a recipe for Arkansas to lose this game that they had so many times. But, man, this Razorback offense is just a machine, Shane. Seven of seven in the red zone for 41 points. That's where the the ball game was won. But Auburn's special teams, Shane, is just a complete and utter disaster. They had a 24-yard punt in this ball game. (laughs) They allowed a 78-yard punt when they didn't field a kick for some reason. They missed field goals. They're kicking uh, kickoffs out of bounds. They had a blocked field goal right after halftime. I mean, this is like peewee stuff that you just can't have six calamities on special teams against an SEC team and expect to win. Uh, But, man, this is what we were saying. This is what Arkansas – had to do get that momentum rolling. Now they've won two in a row. They're moving up the SEC West ladder, Shane. And did you see after the game, Arkansas, their social media team, what they did to poor Auburn? No. They have a photo here. I'll throw it up on the YouTube. But it's a photo of Jordan Hare Stadium. Uh-huh. And it says, but boy, they cleared out quick. And they've patched up uh, the Spirit Halloween graphics all over the stadium. <laughs> And like these old businesses oh, always turn man. into spirit Halloween this time of year. It's just, it's a rough going here for Auburn. Shane Brian Harson now four and eleven against yeah. Power Five teams as Auburn's head coach. They've lost nine of the last ten, and uh, should really be ten of ten uh, because that Mizzou game again they they gave that one away four different ways. You know what? Well, Mike, I, I will tell you this: this game came down to opportunities, and to be honest with you, they. They just about blew every one of them. Uh, yeah, I'm just being real with yeah. you. And and when this when this thing started, you know, it was rowdy. It was it was a, a I, kudos to the to the planes there, man. They they were jumping at noon there for a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you start off with that bad punt. You get down the red zone. You get no points off of it. Turn around. You get a fumble, and you get back down there, and you get three points. It's like. Auburn can't afford to to misplace opportunities. They mm. really can't. They've got to get points off of this, and 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 that felt like the theme the entire game. And then because you knew once Arkansas woke up, once they got going, once uh you know uh, I know Sam was a little upset right before half, you know, <laughs> not running the ball, but but once they got to clicking, you knew that this team was going to stop. So. Given the fact you knew this was going to be a slow start on their end, you had an opportunity to get ahead and, and try to play a little bit more of that keep away. But, again, you blew every single damn opportunity you had. Mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of rushing, Shane Rocket Sanders, 171 mm-hmm. yards on the ground. He's the first SEC running back to go over 1,000 for the season. He went a- he went ahead and ran home, you know, might as well. <laughs> <laughs> he was halfway there by the end of this game, wasn't he? <laughs> KJ continues to be play on fire, 16 of 24 for 234 passing yards, touchdown through the air, two touchdowns on the ground. He's just stiff-arming people. It takes three or four Auburn defenders to get KJ to the ground. He is just incredible. That's exactly what they need going up into uh, now an interesting matchup against Liberty that – should be their third win in a row, jumping back into SEC play. But here, maybe there's a little bit silver lining here for Auburn, Shane, because there's multiple reports they're going to steal away Mississippi State AD John Cohen. And yeah. obviously you get an AD in there, he can make a new coaching hire. So, hey, 
good things are are coming. You just got to hope Cohen doesn't hire another Joe Moorhead like he did down there at Mississippi <laughs> State. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's – I mean, because I was going to ask you on that note, you got Mississippi State actually coming up, Texas A&M, Western Kentucky, Alabama. You know, I think if you get the new AD, you're going to wait a little bit, obviously. you know, a, a new coach, as an AD, a coach is like a – like a uh, what would you say – one second, one. Let me think of the word I'm trying to use here. It's like a get out of jail free card, mm-hmm. you know. If you can get down there and you can make things work with the current coat, it buys you time because right. when the shit does hit the fan, you can fire the guy <laughs> and bring your guy in. You know, you can always say, "Well, the reason we're not successful is I didn't have my guy in." Right. I don't. I mean, obviously, it'd be ideal if he could get down there. Brian Harson wins out knocks off Alabama there at the end, then we could say, all right, let's give him another year. You just bought your AD some time. But I don't see that happening. Do you, Mike? Not a snowball's do, chance in hell, yeah, no. Right. <laughs> so when do you think that – because there's that, that, that dance that we play with some of these coaches. Do we wait to the end of the season? Do we fire him first to let everybody know that we want – a new coach we're eligible we're first you know i mean because there's they're starting lines at a couple of these other programs uh already so do you think that brian will be the coach at the end of that alabama game or do you think he will be gone before then i think the way they're going shane they may just hold on to him because his, his buyout goes down significantly right after the iron bowl i don't i don't know if they're waiting for that i don't know if they're waiting for a new ad but i don't know why he's still the coach now so yeah. it would not surprise me they fire him while we're sitting here talking because he's going to be <laughs> gone sooner than later anyway. But, hell, I I think the problem for Auburn, this is something that I've said before, I don't know that they've got a quality interim candidate on the roster. So, yeah. you know, are, are you – hell, I mean, it's not like you could do any worse, but I don't know – I don't know if it helps the situation more or less. Now, recruiting is in shambles, and teams teams still fighting. I give them that. They're just making yeah. mista- all kinds of crazy mistakes. As long as they're not doing anything embarrassing, I think they're going to hang on to them a little while and, and get this new AD in there. And and your first day on the job, Shane, you don't want to be making this big decision, right? You gotta you gotta get into your office, get feeling comfortable, yeah. give it a week or two, and then and then you drop the hammer. I think. Yeah, put a few pictures up, then yeah, fire the exactly. guy, you know? <laughs> Let me get a war eagle on the on the wall first. <laughs> Hang my diploma. <laughs> All right, final thing we like to hit on here, Shane, on every Monday show. We got the opening lines for next weekend. And, man, what a heck of a weekend of SEC football, almost exclusively SEC mm-hmm on SEC action, but we do have one non-conference game. Let's start with that one, Shane. Liberty at Arkansas. Mm. Hugh Freeze, Sam Pittman, no. this should be a heck of a game. Liberty's actually ranked in a top 25, so what's your, what do you think the opening spread is for this one? Oh, I, I think Liberty's actually a pretty good program. Um, I would say Arkansas 12, 13? 14. Oh, all right. Come on now. <laughs> all right. How about well, this? Well, I mean, it's funny because you hear Petrino and you hear Hugh Freeze every time a job comes open. He didn't do he didn't do so well with the first one, so we'll see how he does with the second one. <laughs> Auburn at Mississippi State annual showdown here in the SEC West. What do you think the opening line is for this one? 
Give me Mississippi State uh, nine. Twelve. Okay. And this All is right. this is pro- I mean, I I don't know if it's the first time ever, but is this has got to be one of a uh, two or three times Mississippi State has ever been a double digit favorite over Auburn. You know what? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's why the AD's leaving. You know. <laughs> How about South? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, they can't top that. You know? No, just kidding. <laughs> South Carolina at Vanderbilt. What do you got for that one? Oh, South Carolina tw- 10. You almost said 20, I feels like, but it's only, it's only seven. 12. Oh, okay. I was thinking it'd be, yeah, I just, it, it's first to seven wins, right? Is that what? <laughs> just <laughs> I have seen Gamecocks. They're they're just as mad that uh, they're only favored by seven as they are they lost to damn Missouri. You know what? Oh, Vandy. At Vandy, I mean, they, they may force out. Well, that's going to be a fun one to talk about. Yep. I'll, I'll hold that. How about Florida at Texas A&M, Shane? Uh, give me Florida at Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Uh, give me a push them. A&M minus four. Okay. All right. Well, I think I think that may change, but it, home field advantage they did have it, and I don't know if they're going to show up this week. But right. But uh, and definitely, I did, I did see someone tweet this out, Shane. Alabama, LSU, Brian Kelly going to be playing for the the West title, while Florida, mm-hmm. Billy Napier, Jimbo Fisher, A and M, they're going to be fighting to not be one in five in conference play. I mean. That's, <laughs> I'm I'm not even trying to poke fun at Florida or A and M, but that's yeah. that's just. Neither, neither one of these programs should ever be one in five in SEC. You know what? Didn't see didn't see that one coming for sure. All right, it, it pains me because I see I saw a graphic come out today and it was talking about preseason ranks. Yeah, and there was a uh, uh, Texas A and M had three people down there think that they were going to win the West, <laughs> and I'm looking at it like, damn it, I know who one of those three were. <laughs> How about Kentucky at Missouri? Ooh, believe it or not, I'm, oh man, Kentucky at Missouri. Jeez, I'd say Kentucky minus one. Two, you, you almost nailed it. Oh. But that okay. gives you an indication this is going to be a wild game. Gonna be a you hell, know what? Going to be a hell of a game, brother. How about uh, Alabama at LSU could be a de facto SEC West championship unless, of course, uh, Ole Miss got something to say about that in two weeks. Uh, Give me Alabama – Alabama minus 13. Almost nailed it. 12. Okay, come on now. And then the the actual de facto division championship in the East, Shane, Tennessee at Georgia. So much on the line. Number one, number two in Athens. What do you think the opening line is? Uh, I want to say, I don't know, Tennessee minus 17. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Come on, Georgia. I'm coming for you this week. Uh, no, I think they're going like they're going like them dogs. So give me Georgia, uh, four and a half, nine. Oh shit, man! They think it's we ain't got a shot. Do that's we? free money, might, isn't it? That's that's we the might number as well one not even I've go seen. down there. What we might as well not even go. To, what is game? Did somebody tell game day they need, they may want to go somewhere else. See who Deion Sanders is playing this week, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if game day, how many Tennessee games they're going to do, but they're going to do one more at least here. 
They're traveling well, to Athens for this epic showdown. It's funny. The record is six. I didn't know this, but Georgia had three last year. Mm. And then, of course, they had the SEC championship, the semifinal, and then the college football playoff. So they, they, they had the record six. Tennessee is on track for that. If they do manage to, to win out, uh, they would be able to tie that game day record. Mm. Well, so just a little food for thought. We're going to be covering this game all week long, Shane. Cannot wait for maybe the biggest game we've ever, regular season game we have had since this show was created. Can't wait to piss off the dogs all week long. How about you, buddy? <laughs> they're gonna be coming for us, Mike. I've already, they already they've been coming me all up. season long. <laughs> they've been they've been petting me all week. Like good job, you know. Like they, <laughs> so. <laughs> but then the, I keep seeing the Cinderella season end Saturday. So yep. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be an absolute fantastic weekend. Not just Tennessee and Georgia, but there's. I mean, you just heard all the games. LSU Alabama. We don't really know how that thing's going to play out. Right. Hell, even Mizzou Kentucky. That thing could come down to a wire. There's just fantastic football all around the country, and 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 we're going to be bringing it to you all week long. Yeah. Well, buddy, we went long, so this is a perfect place to end it. I want to say thanks to everybody for continuing to support the show. I appreciate you as always, Shane, for hanging out with me. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go Vols. Where's my bourbon, boys? <laughs> <laughs>